welcome folks to the Doc Bryant Show. I am your host, Doc Bryant. And today we have some more twit hunting. There's just, Twitter has of late been a very target rich environment. And the great thing about twit hunting is that there's no bag limit. And there's a lot of twits out there right now. Uh, I have heard to speak, let's, let's speak to this particular phenomenon. I've noticed this past week or so a lot fewer conservative voices on Twitter and that it appears, uh, Twitter appears as it used to, where the left very much controls Twitter and, and they're just everywhere, all over the place, all the time. And then I heard a report today, and I don't remember which YouTube channel, it wasn't YouTube, it was on Odyssey, I think, but I heard that there, oh, it was uh, Timcast, Timcast IRL. And the bit that I was listening to, they were talking about how um, lately there's just been a rash of people locking their own accounts so that if you are not a follower of theirs, you no longer see what they are posting. And it's kind of odd because one of the things that I was thinking about yesterday uh, as I was laying in bed uh, trying to fall asleep, um, I was thinking about how other social medias are kind of headed in the echo chamber direction and how uh, in order to make social media safe, I was, I was specifically thinking about how to make social media safer for children uh, to prevent cyberbullying and stuff like that. And there are certain social media outlets that are almost designed for that kind of thing, like, um, for example, Gilded, which I love. That's Gilded, G-U-I-L-D-E-D. Uh, I like the way that they're designed. Y you can, you have, it's a subscription kind of situation, uh, and it's primarily geared towards gamers and such. Uh, so that, you know, people who subscribe to your channel can can go and watch you play games and, and so forth. And I got on there just because I liked the way it was designed and I could see myself making something of it uh, when I actually had followers, uh, enough followers to do stuff like that, like live streaming and that kind of thing. Uh, that certainly was an option. Uh, Locals is uh, similar as well. And uh, I thought that, like, if our uh, boys, if our uh, kids were ever to have social media, which at this point they're way too young to, and I'm not going to allow them to, probably until they are much older, um, uh, unless, of course, there were some safety uh, controls, but this, you know, you can set up a, a channel just for your family. And so your friends or your family can come in and see you. And then you can set one up for your friends. And you can, like, set one up for friends from work or for friends from your bowling league or, you know, whatever. So that, so that it's a carefully controlled uh, audience. And it appears that people are doing this to Twitter, which is going to kill Twitter because Twitter is designed more as a public forum, a town hall type of situation. Um, but, you know, now for some reason that uh, has yet to be uh, uh, the, the reason has yet to be uh, revealed uh, conservatives are locking, or appear to be locking, their own accounts, which is unfortunate. But it does make it easier for me to find people for twit hunting. 
and I have found a doozy. This is a gentleman uh, who I have uh, commented on his tweets before on Twitter. Uh, he has never engaged me back, as most of them never do, because I definitely leave them with the impression that I am somebody who is going to be able to destroy them rather rapidly in debate. And so, most typically, they do not engage with me. It used to be some of their hangers-on would dogpile me, uh, but the fact that I would not respond to them would, you know, uh, that would turn them off rather quickly as well. So uh, now they don't even engage me. Hangers-on typically don't engage me either. Excuse me, I'm still dealing with uh, getting over a cold of some kind. Um, but back to the point, Mr. Dash Dobrovsky, D-A-S-H-D-O-B-R-O-F-S-K-Y. Mr. Dobrovsky uh, calls himself Mr. Big News, uh, poli-sci slash history at UCLA. That explains a lot. And it says, uh, sign up for the Gen Z perspective, which I'm, oh, it says substack, dash dobrovsky.substack.com. Um, if you're interested, I am not, uh, above, uh, you know, sending other people business. Uh, and if you are a liberal or if you are a conservative, who's interested in seeing what liberals think, then absolutely hundred percent check out Mr. Dobrovsky's Substack. I'm sure it's interesting. Now, his first tweet, we got heat where it's a twofer with Mr. Dobrovsky today. His first tweet, he says, I've really tried, but I really, oh, I'm sorry. I've tried, but I really can't think of any legitimate justification for any human being needing to own an assault weapon. We're going to break this down. Okay. First thing, and this is typical of Mr. Dobrovsky. It is also typical of, of several other liberals, but it's, it's very typical of Mr. Dobrovsky. Initially, on the surface, this looks like a very innocuous kind of tweet. It looks like a very reasonable kind of tweet. I am going to explain to you why it is not a reasonable kind of tweet. The reason it is not reasonable, as it were. Beginning with, let's start with his use of terminology. And we're going to get this out of the way first, because it is a lie told loudly and often by the left, which means that it needs to be refuted even louder and more often by the truth. And that is the use of the term assault weapon. The term assault weapon was specifically designed to create a negative emotional response by the public. Let me say that again. The term was specifically designed to create a negative emotional response by the public when they hear it. There is no such thing as an assault weapon. All right? This, this concept, the, the, the term, doesn't mean anything. The term itself does not mean anything. It is an adjective and a noun put together to evoke an emotional response. That's all. And that is largely what uh, a tactic of the left is that they use terminology that don't, that doesn't really mean anything, but 
rather they want the emotional response. As a matter of fact, if you ask a liberal to define what assault, what an assault weapon is, give me an exact definition of what an assault weapon is, they won't be able to do it. This is the same as if you would ask them, what is racism? What is white supremacy? Give me an exact definition of what these things are. They will not be able to tell you what those things are. They don't even know themselves what those things are. The reason is because they don't need them to mean anything, or more to the point, they need them to mean anything they want them to mean at any given time. What they require from those terms, from assault weapon, from racism, from white supremacy, they desire, they require the negative connotation that goes along with them. They require the emotional response that they elicit. Otherwise, they are meaningless terms. As proof of this, you will see frequently the left stating that black people can't be racist unless the black person is a conservative, in which case he is a racist against his own people, and he's not, quote, really black, end quote. Or you will see, as we recently saw, when five black officers have been indicted for murdering a black man, five black officers, five black police officers, and yet the left blames them for white supremacy. So you see that white and black, color of skin, has absolutely nothing to do with this. And, and this is why they cannot come to you with an exact definition. Because they need the definition to be amorphous. And they need it to be amorphous because they need it to serve whatever purpose they have for it at any given time. They need only the emotional response that it elicits. So, assault weapon is a meaningless term, and we can throw that out from his argument, because Mr. Dobrovsky would be incapable of defining what an assault weapon is. And as he is incapable of defining what an assault weapon is, he cannot use it in his argument. The next thing... I would like you to note. It sounds very reasonable. I've tried, but I really can't think of any legitimate justification for any human being needing to own an assault weapon. I've tried. See, he's given it a shot, folks. He's, he's really, really tried. As if he has considered the opposing side's argument He's really tried. Well, if that were true, then he would actually see that there are legitimate arguments for owning semi-automatic weapons or owning weapons, period. Self-defense. That's the argument. And that's not an argument that really one can argue against. You can either argue that one has the right to defend himself, or you can argue that one does not have the right to defend oneself, which is what Mr. Dobrovsky is stating here, but not exactly. What he's actually stating here, and what we'll find out a little bit later, is that only certain people, only people on his side, are allowed to defend themselves, according to him. And that point we're going to hit right now, according to him. You see, he, with this statement, has set himself up in a position of superiority, a position of judgment, not over just some people, but with his very statement all of humanity, please note, any human 
being. I can't think of any reason that any human being would need. So he, with this statement, has set himself in judgment over all of humanity. Such that he himself is the arbiter of what all of humanity needs or might not need. You see, that's pretty sneaky. That's very insidious, that statement right there. I have tried. I, your benevolent dictator, have tried. But I cannot think of any reason why anyone in all of humanity might need this particular item. Ultimately, setting himself up in a godlike position. Which is not unusual for the left, because they do not believe in God, so that they might themselves become gods in their own minds, in their own eyes. But it goes on. You see, he, this god Dobrovsky, can't think of any legitimate justification using 50-cent words when a penny word will do. Now, I, I can't really fault him too much for that because I do that myself. But still, what he's stating here is, I can't think of any legitimate justification. So I, the god Dobrovsky, from my lofty and highly intelligent, as a matter of fact, omnipotent position, cannot think of any legitimate justification, which means that anybody, any argument opposed to his is illegitimate by definition. So I can't think of any legitimate justification. So, so there can be justifications but none of them are legitimate, per the god Dobrovsky, of anybody needing to own an assault weapon. Again, I, the god Dobrovsky, am deciding what all of humanity might need or might not need. And don't think that this is me going a little bit over the top, folks. All you've got to do is watch on YouTube, go to YouTube and watch the World Economic Forum's channel. Listen to the things that they are saying. They, folks, are setting themselves up as gods over us. They have decided that they get to rule over all of humanity. None of these people were elected by us. We didn't decide to give any of these people any authority, yet they have lifted themselves up because they are rich, because they are powerful. Then they might decide for all of humanity how we are to live, not only how we are to live, what we are to eat, but also how many of us get to live. And that's not a joke either. But that is a discussion for another time. Mr. Dobrovsky here, I responded to him. And the first response that I gave, I did respond in, in explaining how I spotted his little, uh, uh, his, his great narcissism. But uh, uh, then I pointed out that I'm sure that he would not begrudge the Ukrainian civilians owning assault weapons or any other type of weapon for that point so that they might defend themselves from the Russian scourge. Hmm. Well, I guess that means that he 
can think of legitimate justification for Ukrainians to need what he refers to as an assault weapon. And if that's the case, if he can think of a reason that Ukrainians should have assault weapons, then he's not opposed to everybody having assault weapons. He is only opposed to people uh, not on his side having assault weapons. Now, this particular tweet is geared towards law-abiding American citizens who are the constant target of gun control. So what he is actually saying is that he personally does not want law-abiding American citizens to own weapons. He's okay with Ukrainians owning weapons. He is not okay with American citizens owning weapons. And there is only one reason why a person would not want someone who is politically opposed to him to have weapons. And that is because the first person intends to do something to his political opponent that might get him shot. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the reason why Mr. Dobrovsky does not want you to own a weapon. That is why the Democrat Party does not want you to own weapons. That is why the Establishment Party made up of both Democrats and Republicans, do not want you to have weapons because they are planning to do something to us that would otherwise get them shot. Our next outing... I should say our next tweet from Mr. Dobrowski. He says, You, what he means is one, can't teach American history without teaching about the history of slavery in America. Once again, this comes off as a fairly reasonable, uh, fairly reasonable tweet fairly reasonable statement, but it is insidious in its nature. By stating this, you can't teach American history without teaching about the history of slavery in America. He is... Uh, the, the left has a an agenda that they would like to put forward that the United States is illegitimate entirely because the entirety of the United States must be defined by its brief dalliance with slavery. Since there was slavery in the United States at its foundation, it is entirely, 100%, illegitimate, and must be, therefore, destroyed and replaced with a more equitable form of government. Equity, not equality. We'll get into that a little bit later. However, this is in response to the state of Florida, outlawing 
the teaching of critical race theory in an advanced placement course in their public schools. Critical race theory. Well, I'll get into that in a second. But that's what this is in response to. The statement itself is a straw man statement. For those of you not familiar with logical fallacies, logical fallacies are one of my hobbies. I love studying logical fallacies. I actually learned to start studying logical fallacies by studying uh, advertising on TV and radio. And I would listen to the, uh, initially what it was is, I, you know, I'd be listening to whatever uh, show on the radio and I would hear the, the uh, advertising come on and I would spot these inconsistencies in logic, in the advertising. Like, one of my pet peeves is, like, uh, you know, somebody would come on and say, the Dallas Cowboys uh, try, you know, Dallas Cowboys work really hard to be great champions, and that's why my vacuum cleaners are the best. And it's, it's just, wait a minute, what does one have to do with the other? Well, it doesn't. One statement has absolutely nothing to do with the other, and that is the logical fallacy of non-sequitur. It doesn't make sense. The one statement has nothing to do with the other, but it is meant to elicit an emotional response in that, wow, the Dallas Cowboys are awesome, so I should buy that vacuum cleaner. That's, that's what it's trying to do, and that is a logical fallacy. It does not stand up to logical um, uh, scrutiny. And the straw man argument, which is very frequently used by the left, is where you make an argument, you, you don't have an argument against what your opponent actually said or actually did. What they actually said or did is consistent with logic, and you don't have an argument to refute it. So you make an argument against something that they did not say or did not do, and by making that argument, you make it look like they actually did say or do this or intend this. This statement, you can't teach American history without teaching about the history of slavery in America, is trying to make the argument that Florida has outlawed the teaching of slavery in America. But they didn't. They didn't. What they did was they outlawed the teaching of critical race theory in America. They outlawed also the history of uh, queerness in America. Apparently, the person who wrote this uh, AP course decided to try to shoehorn into African American history uh, queerness. And that has absolutely zero to do with African-American history. Nothing whatsoever. So, just on the basis that Mr. Dobrovsky's entire statement is a logical fallacy, it can be thrown out. But we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we are going to look at what is actually illegal to teach in Florida. Now, we already know that the whole queerness thing has been illegal to teach in Florida. 
And so that that is is uh, right there out the window. But uh, they are also making it illegal to teach critical race theory. What is critical race theory? Well, critical race theory is an extension of critical theory. And critical theory is an extension of Marxism. Now, Marxism started out as an economic theory, an economic philosophy, uh, trying to create this fairy tale equality of outcome or equity, not equality, equity, which is equality of outcome. But Marxism just didn't take in the United States. It doesn't, it, it never would take in the United States. There was a famous communist, I don't remember who it was, but back in the 1960s, I think it was 63 or something like that, this individual said that Marxism would never take in the United States. And the reason that it would never take in the United States is because even the poorest person in the United States has too much to lose if Marxism would be instituted. And so, for a long time, they just thought, well, we're screwed. We can't have our communist revolution here in the United States until somebody said, well, instead of making it about money, let's make it about power. And so critical race theory was, or I'm sorry, critical theory was born. And critical theory states that there are groups that are permanently oppressed and that there are then by definition groups that are permanently oppressors and that the the inequity of power must be shifted so that everyone has an equal amount of power, has equity of power. Again, equality of outcome, but in this particular case, instead of money, it's about political power or just, you know, power in general. Then it was further taken to critical race theory, such that the primary uh, category of inequality or uh, not inequality per se, but uh, of oppression was based on race. You see, you have you have uh, a, a an, uh, according to them inequality of power between male and female, between Christian and non-Christian. You have a, oppression of females. You have oppressions of non-Christians, uh, and you have oppressions of non-whites so that they are setting up the ultimate evil to be the white Christian male. And white Christians and white Christian males are the ultimate oppressors, and they are permanently oppressors. This is very important. This is a very important concept because in critical race theory, you can never reach that point of equality. Non-whites are always oppressed, eternally, forever. The struggle never ends. Equity can never be achieved. This is necessary to critical race theory and critical theory. Because the moment that equity actually does occur, then the struggle ends and you can no longer demand special treatment. So they must constantly claim aggrieved status so that they can constantly demand special treatment. And that is what critical race theory is all about. And what Florida is opposed to, and what conservatives are opposed to, is teaching this as though it were fact. Instead of teaching critical race theory as 
a particular philosophy held by a particular group of people and then teaching other countering philosophies held by other groups of people. They are trying to teach critical race theory as though it were reality, as though it were fact. In other words, indoctrination. They are trying to indoctrinate students. They are not trying to educate students. And that is what Florida is truly opposed to. And more to the point, that is what Mr. Dobrovsky truly supports. This next segment. Wow. Very simple. Could be fairly short and sweet. Has the potential to not get so not not get far afield per se, but uh, I could drill down into this pretty deep, and I may actually do that because this is an issue that has been going on actually since the forties, late forties. Um, it's been, it's, that's when the seeds were sown for what is going on now. And I haven't really addressed it in its entirety and I may end up doing it here. I guess we're just going to have to see how this shakes out. Today, initially, a uh, tweet uh, came out as, as part of my twit hunting. I found a tweet from someone who refers to himself as That Gay Jedi. His Twitter handle is at aka That Gay Jedi. I'm not. Uh, I'm not putting this out there uh, so that, you know, to encourage people to dogpile on this guy or anything like that on Twitter. Uh, rather, I am putting it out there so that if anybody were to come along and say that I was uh, straw manning, that they will be able to see that I am not indeed uh straw manning. And by straw manning, I'm referring to using the straw man logical fallacy. This was actually stated by this individual on Twitter. And uh, I have uh, actually uh, saved this in uh, uh, PNG format so that if he decides to... Uh, erase this from Twitter, I will have a copy of it so that if anybody comes along and accuses me of lying about this, I will be able to produce it and say, here it is right here. Take a look now. And again, nothing against this particular individual, rather what he tweets is what I am interested in. And he tweets this, I am humbled grateful and over the forest moons to announce that my SW celebration panel, that is Star Wars celebration panel, with at pencil scratchin and at D Sigurani titled Star Wars is a drag. Exploring Star Wars through the art of drag has been officially approved. We can't wait to share this with you. And then this is followed by a picture of a, uh, a promo piece about the uh, Europe 2023 Star Wars celebration. This is an official thing. Apparently it goes on every year in Europe uh, to celebrate Star Wars. Uh, this goes on 
with Disney's full knowledge and blessing. And this uh, pamphlet-type thing states, The long and rich history of drag has graced the world with entertainment, culture, political action, and so much more. It is no wonder, then, that today the art form has reached such a cultural significance that the truths and concepts of drag performance permeate countless aspects of our daily lives, including Star Wars. Some of Star Wars' very best characters embody various core principles of drag. Whether it's Din Djarin's drag as personal expression and self-discovery, Asajj Ventress's drag as queer rebellion, or Padme Amidala's drag as self-empowerment, the relevance of drag even spills out of the pages and screens of Star Wars and flows through the fandom itself through hobbies like cosplay. While taking an introductory look at the history and function of drag in our world today, let's also explore its thematic resonance and influential presence in everyone's favorite far, far away galaxy. Okay. We're going to break this down. Uh... One of the first things that I want to point out is that this has been officially approved. This is going to be a panel held at the Star Wars celebration in Europe. Uh, it's officially approved. It is not going to be an off-Broadway type of thing. It is going to be a Broadway type of thing. It is going to be uh, a main uh, deal. Now, that right there, the fact that the fact that this is officially approved means that Disney is okay with this, and this is approved for all ages, and that means that Disney is okay with children seeing this, and if Disney is okay with children seeing this, that means that Disney's agenda, their not-so-secret gay agenda, is indoctrinating, recruiting, and grooming children for the Pride community. Now, I call them the Pride community because I have a problem calling them LGBTQIA, whatever, whatever. And the, re the, the, the reason that I have a problem calling them that is because they keep adding letters and it, it's starting to get ridiculously long to the point where people are calling them the alphabet people. And the real reason I have a problem with calling them the alphabet people is because the alphabet from A to Z, from alpha to omega, is God. So, I'm not calling them that. That's just my personal take on it. It's, it there's, there's no, you know, overly logical reason for it other than that. This is the same reason why I am opposed to their use, their use of the rainbow. Okay, the, the super ironic thing about that is the very reason that the rainbow existed is because the world was destroyed for the very things that they themselves are doing. They are usurping a symbol, subverting a symbol of the living creator God. The living creator God who opposes what they are doing and who has stated very clearly that what they are doing is harmful to themselves and to others. So, I have a problem with calling them alphabet people. I have a problem with their use of the rainbow. 
what they are doing in using the rainbow, they very well know, is defiant. It is defying God. And while in their defiance they are talking about how proud they are to be this and they have their pride days and pride parades and all that kind of stuff, I have zero problem calling them pride people. I have zero problem referring to them that way because that is the most accurate depiction of them in one word. Now please note, this is very, very important. I do not oppose the people. I do not oppose the gays themselves. I do not oppose those who consider themselves to be trans whatever or whatever gender. I do not hate those people. I love those people. I have many, many, many gay friends. And I love them all. They are very dear to me and very close to me. And I care about them. And I care about the ones that I don't know. These are people who have been deceived by Satan. I do not hate them. I do, however, have a problem with them recruiting from children. And many of my gay friends, many, many of my gay friends, agree with me on this particular point. Children should be left out of this. Children have absolutely no business being the target of so-called sexual education. Children need to be left alone, and it is very clear, very clear, very, very clear that the pride people are targeting our children. I didn't know how much so until recently. Now, I have said for a long time that the end game of the sexual revolution was pedophilia. I've been saying that for a long time. I did not know how right I was until recently. I decided to do a little, little research. And I did a little research into the founder of the sexual revolution, Alfred Kinsey. Alfred Kinsey published his first book, the, the, his, his seminal work, uh, for lack of a better term, no pun intended, in, uh, I believe it was called uh, Human Sexuality uh, or, or Sexuality in the Human Male or something along those lines. And it was lauded as a, a revolutionary book, in a revolutionary scientific book uh, for decades. It turns out that all of the data used in this book came from the journal of a single male pedophile and his extensive exploits with over 300 preteen boys. This guy recorded in detail his molestation of over 300 teenage or preteen boys. And that was the basis for Alfred Kinsey's 
seminal work on sexuality. And that book was the foundation for the sexual revolution. And so it's absolutely no surprise whatsoever that it has come all the way back around to pedophilia. Okay, that rabbit hole has been sufficiently gone down, I think, for the moment. Let's go back to this, this flyer right here. The Long and Rich History of Drag, yes, all the way back to Sodom and Gomorrah, actually before that, has graced the world with entertainment, culture, political action, and so much more. One thing I want to point out here is that this entire thing is nothing but a bunch of word salad meant to sound good. It's meant to evoke a positive emotional response. But it has no meaning behind it, really. It's, it's word salad that is untrue. It is spun candy for the ears. I continue. It is no wonder, then, that today the art form which has reached such cultural significance, and the only reason it's reached cultural significance is because so many people oppose it, is because they have been pushing it so hard. This is the reason, one of the reasons that they have been pushing all of these drag queen story hours or, you know, family-friendly drag performances and so on and so forth, is they've been, they've been trying to legitimize drag. And by legitimizing drag, they're also trying to legitimize cross-dressing and transgenderism. All of this, what, all of this is, the, they're trying to legitimize this. Uh, it's their push, you know, they, they did the same thing initially with homosexuality and then homosexual marriage and now transgenderism is the push. And soon, and I am not kidding, and I have said this multiple times, and if you cannot see this now, then there is something wrong with you. The ultimate push is for, is, is to normalize pedophilia. That's the reason that they are, to, what, what this drag stuff is. What this drag stuff is, is the targeting of children, normalizing transgenderism, normalizing sexual deviancy in the eyes of children, such that they can ultimately take the final step and normalize pedophilia. That is what this is. I continue. It is no wonder, then, that today the art form has reached such cultural significance that the truths and concepts of drag performance permeate countless aspects of our daily lives, including Star Wars. Okay, stop. What truths are there in drag performance? If, if, if drag is anything... It is the quintessence of lie. It is the quintessence of lies. It is men dressing up as and behaving as women. There's nothing true about that. That is the exact antithesis of truth. You see, what they're trying to do here is they're trying to redefine and again apply legitimacy to, they're trying to redefine the term truth. And by redefining the term truth, they are trying to apply legitimacy to drag performance. And by applying legitimacy, by trying to depict drag performance, as a legitimate form of art. 
they can then make the excuse and the argument that it can be taught to children. This is a legitimate form of art. It expresses truths and concepts. And since it is legitimate, since we can teach children about Gauguin and about Picasso, then we can also teach them about drag. That's what this particular first portion means right here, what they're trying to do. Then they go on to say, it permeates countless aspects of our daily lives. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot tell you how untrue this is. Not one single, except for this solitary aspect of my daily life. has been permeated by drag. Nothing in my life, except for this, has been permeated by drag. Nothing. When I go to sleep at night, in my bed, when I watch TV, well, I'm, I actually don't watch TV that much, but when I read, when I listen to music, when I get up and take a shower and brush my teeth and get dressed and go to work, none of those, when, when, I, when I'm uh, watching YouTube or a movie, I don't watch movies that much anymore, either. None of those things are permeated by drag. None of them. And guess what? When I watched Star Wars, that was not in any way, shape, or form permeated by drag. There was not a single drag performer in all of Star Wars. Nowhere. Nowhere. And I'm not just talking about what I consider to be Star Wars, which is only the first three movies that were released. I'm not even talking about the, six, the first six movies that were released. There is nowhere in Star Wars yet, to my knowledge, that I have seen, that drag has permeated. They are inserting it right here, right now. They are creating it out of whole cloth. Drag has never had anything to do with Star Wars until now. Now, you remember in my previous bit when I was talking about logical fallacies and how I started to study them, the next thing we are going to see is a version of that. It's a non-sequitur. They are trying to link famous characters to drag. And the way that they are doing it is that they are just stating it as if it were fact. Not backing it up with any real facts. They're just stating it as this is the way it is. And it is the way it is because we say so. Din Djarin's drag as a personal expression of self-discovery. There's, that's, uh, Din Djarin is not a drag performer. There's no drag in Din Djarin's personal uh, story arc. Nowhere. Not yet. There is no... Uh, Drag is queer rebellion in Asajj Ventress. Asajj Ventress had nothing to do with drag. She had nothing to do with queerness. Asajj Ventress had a personal beef, a lot of personal beefs actually, but none of them had anything to do with queerness and none of them had anything to do with drag. And Padme Amidala, self-empowerment, Oh, self-empowerment. 
as much as I disliked the prequels, they were nowhere as bad as the sequels. Padme Amidala's story didn't have anything to do with self-empowerment. And didn't have anything to do with drag either. This whole thing, again, this is marketing, this is advertising, this is recruiting, this is grooming. They are trying to insert into Star Wars something that was never intended and something that never existed. That's what this is. And they are trying to market it through Disney to our children. And that should concern us very, very much. If you are paying any money to Disney right now, you are paying for this. If you are subscribed to Disney Plus... You are paying for this. And Disney ain't the only one, folks. Last night I saw a story that if you subscribe to YouTube Kids, this kind of garbage is all over YouTube Kids. YouTube is pushing. This is universal. This is an assault by the left against our children. They cannot create children of their own. Homosexuals cannot have children of their own. The pride people across the board cannot have children of their own. And the left have been killing off their own children through abortion. And so they and their philosophy, they and their lifestyles, are dying out. In order to make sure that their lifestyles and their sin lives on, they must recruit children. And since they have none of their own, they have to recruit ours. This is insidious, it is diabolical. And it must come to an end. So if you're paying for a subscription to YouTube Kids, you are paying for this. If you are paying for a subscription to Disney+, Plus, you are paying for this. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to stop paying people who hate you, who want to destroy your children. It needs to come to an end right now, and so far... Really, the only state that is moving in the right direction on this is Florida. Even Texas, with its weak-ass Bush Republicans in charge in Austin, even Texas is not making moves against this kind of stuff. So if you aren't making contact with your representatives and stuff like that, then that's another thing that you need to start doing. Just keep all that in mind. They are, as they said, coming for our children. <laughs>